uh-oh, back in Southern Humboldt, Redway, California. We're standing here inside of Country Club Cannabis. Beautiful dispensary, really represents the culture that thrives out here, that exists out here. Humboldt is a pocket, just like there are many pockets across the country that really honor the plant, that are about the plant. You can see it in people's eyes and the energy that they exude. And I couldn't uh, be happier than to experience this again and to interview Sky, the owner of Country Club Cannabis. Uh, we're gonna do a quick intro so he can kind of show you what the shop is all about. Then we're gonna experience what it's like to purchase cannabis at Country Club Cannabis. And then from there, we're actually super lucky that we have the owner of Ridgeline Farms and Green Light Farms, both Cup Award winners that are upstairs or handling business, we'll, we'll be able to we'll get the opportunity to chop it up with them and interview them, learn more about some of the most badass farmers in the region. So without further ado, we're gonna get the party started. Thank you, Grassroots Fabric Pots. Bam! Yo, we're back, you know what I'm saying? GW Smoke Break. We're on the second story of the one and only dispensary, Country Club Cannabis. I still can't believe we're doing this right now, by the way. It's a total surprise. I hang, I'm hanging out with Christopher Tof Anderson, local legend. It's the first time I, we've met. It's a pleasure to meet you, nice bro. Nice to meet you, my man. I appreciate sure. you making time for the show. Thanks for coming up. And as I understand it, you're um, like, a, like a local legend here. I mean, the community looks up to you. You've been working hard. Redwood Roots <laughs> Distribution Company? That's right. Mm -hmm. Redwood Roots Distribution is true. I don't know about the local legend part. We just all up here doing our thing, you know, living our lives, doing what we do, living where we love to live, um, doing it humble, doing it our style, mm -hmm. you know, roots, true roots style. It's, uh, you know, this is not new to us. So uh, we've been doing this our whole lives and we just want to keep doing what we love to do, where and we love to do it. And that's why I'm here and that's why I'm so uh, happy to be talking to you because I, I know that the world wants to um, hear voices like yours, uh, those individuals and operators who have been true to the roots of cannabis, who have been honoring the goddess since, goddess since day one. And if I'm not mistaken, are you second generation? Yeah, well, so I'm actually the first person in my family to grow herb. Uh huh. I was, uh, my family were uh, owned businesses in town. They owned a restaurant and a gift shop. My grandparents owned a couple of restaurants. So in Garberville. I was actually the first person in my family to cultivate cannabis, even though we were rooted here for my, I'm the fourth generation in my family here. Um, but they were uh, deeply in just the service industry and like town people. Um, so it was always, I was surrounded by the cannabis industry my whole life and I knew all about it and I stayed at my friends' houses who were deeply entrenched in it. But um, ironically enough, um, like my grandma um, on Thanksgiving one year when I was a little, uh, when I was like 19, uh, took me outside and, and told me that she was proud of me for being the pioneer of the family, for just doing what was right for me and following my path, which was different. I mean, my brother's a school teacher, he's a varsity basketball coach and all that you know, live that life. And so I've chose my path and uh, I'm here and I'm, I'm proud of myself doing what I love to do. Proud of my community and proud of us for uh, standing up for our culture and staying true to it. So your grandma gives you props for, for blazing your trail at 19. Mm -hmm. I, I want to know how that started, your, your path, your journey, bro. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I've always believed in the medicine for sure. And I can't lie and say that um, at a young age, it wasn't financially driven. You know, I, I was, I lived, uh, was, grew up in that era of, of cannabis where it went from dirty old Volvos and beat up old trucks in this town, or the majority of the vehicles, to all of a sudden like big jacked up Fords and everybody going on vacation. And so I lived through that era of change, financial change, and um, 
certainly was, I can't say that I wasn't influenced by the flash and the bling, just like all humans are. It's like there, there is a financial drive for some people. So to be real and frank mm -hmm. about it and, and, and um, honest is, is that. And so I've always believed in the medicine. I've, uh, what, for me, what cannabis has brought is relationships. I wouldn't have any of the relationships that I have in my life right now, my best friends for life, even though that we were born and raised here together. We probably wouldn't went off to college or whatever. We would have went to the military or whatever. And so not only that, but I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you if it wasn't for the herb. I wouldn't have, you know, the invite from our from our friend Skylar over here. I would have never met him. Thank you, Skylar. If, if it wasn't for cannabis. Cannabis is the bridge to all relationships. And I feel like that on top of the medicine is just truly a fucking miracle. Um, it's love, it's like the, so I, I, that's what it's all about for me personally. So you were in your teens when you first started selling, growing? Uh, I first started, I grew my first cannabis plant when I was 15. Yeah. How did that go for you, dude? It was fucking awesome, I smoked it all. <laughs> <laughs> Prices were really good back then. I don't know. It was probably still like in the mid fours or something crazy like that back back then. But um, so your first run is for personal. Yeah. Then your second run, you went commercial. I think I sold eight pounds. You of know, your first run? Or the my second, second year, uh -huh. I grew. I think Dude. I grew eight pounds. And you sold and, it all? Oh hell yeah, I sold it all. What strain? Well, was I, it? I think I, I touched a pound or two for smoke. I can't remember exactly, but do you remember what strain it was? It was it was the old cool strain called pot. <laughs> Remember that old strain? Yeah, it was I cool. Do. It's a, a POT strain. <laughs> hey, thanks, Ridgeline. Nice little ice cream cake here. Hey, yeah, for real though. Shout out Ridgeline. Ro literally rolled up a nice tube of this ice cream cake. Straight mm. world class cannabis. Mm. Fucking rich smoke, dude. I gotta remember not to rip it on camera. But dude, <coughs> so you got your second crop, you sell some pounds, and then why do you think your grandma gives you props four years later? What were you doing, dude? Um, I was truly living my own life for myself. My dad smoked pot and was afraid to like show up to Thanksgiving stone because he was like had that, you know, he just thought it was like wrong or whatever. And my and I showed up respectfully to family events, but I'd been smoking or whatever and I so it's just like, I think it was a respect out of just me following my own path, that simple. It was just like, hey, Chris is following his heart, his path. It's different than anybody else in his family that's ever chose, and that's brave, that's bold. Let's fucking give him a little love for that. You know, it's a trip, and I wanna give you kudos, man, is the first time coming up to Humboldt, I've always been um, in awe of the example of those who are brave enough and courageous enough to follow their own path. Mm. You're an example to the rest of us. <laughs> Yeah. I know that as we succeed throughout this world of legalized cannabis, we are such an inspiration to our community. We're having a hard time. We're mm -hmm. talking about you driving around the county, around the triangle, and seeing abatements. Mm -hmm. um, is, is it cool if we kind of talk about the current state of cannabis from your perspective? Bro? Absolutely. So I want the world to know, man. Uber important. Super crucial. And absolutely. But, yeah. What, what do you see happening in your, in your hometown right now, in your home region? Uh, kind of to go back to that, what we were just discussing earlier about the the, just the pitfalls of, of the overburdensome regulations and cost of barriers to entry has been absolutely devastating to this community. Um, even though we're, you know, we're first in the state with cultivation space right now and the mm -hmm. number of cultivation licenses, we're leading the, the, the trail on that level. But at the same time, because of being the leader 
as my friend Cassidy over here from Greenlight Farms mentioned earlier, with being the leader comes these other pitfalls of, of um, regulation. Like what happened in, in tobacco? There's no black market tobacco farmers anymore, is there? No. No. How few, you know, how, how much black market alcohol is out there? Not a whole lot, probably more than tobacco. But it's inevitable that by regulating something on this level, it's going to be uber detrimental to a certain proportion of the population here. And so that is absolutely just devastating to my heart. And there's a lot of people we've known, you know, I've known my entire lives that are up and in leaving and they're uprooting their families and taking off. So that's, that's devastating. On the flip side to that, um, there's people that are stepping up out of the shadows and raising the bar of their own personal lives and experiences and like having to grow up into being an actual legitimate business owner. Um, and so we're having to like, like you, we, yeah, like me, absolutely. Um, and so it's like this, this, uh, evolution of, uh, thank you of thank us you. as business people and as ganja farmers and staying true to the roots of ganja farming and, and our values of community and working together, um, is is how I see it today and how I see us rising up to the level that we really need to be to, to be competitive in the rest of the market in the state. Like we need to work together. And I feel like, you know, as a child here, I saw this community like just, it was all community. The Matil Community Center was built based on community, community. We all do it together. That spirit, I feel like faded away during the heyday of cannabis where we all really, like we all donated to Kmud and the Mateel, but the spirit of truly participating in it, I feel like went a little bit to the wayside and faded through. Um, and, and we all got a little more focused on ourselves and trying to stack our chips to the ceiling and do ours, do me and <coughs> I want me, everybody. And it's like everybody, it's like the Joneses keeping up with the Joneses, the race. Everybody, if somebody buys the big fancy truck, now everybody wants a big fancy truck. Everybody grows a thousand pounds, now everybody wants to grow a thousand pounds. And it's that human fucking race that's the fucking, that's the fuckery part of all of this is like the race and we can't always continue to grow more and think that more is the right way in fact we need to grow less and grow more quality and that's how we get paid quality over quantity, quality over quantity. Um, and so i'm excited about the future of our community honestly we we're talking about it before you guys walked up here and it's like the pitfalls and it's 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 really a rough time yet at, at exactly at the same time that it's rough it's fucking exhilarating and exciting, and I feel like fucking, I got goosebumps. I can of, see him, dude. And like, I, I just feel like this is our time to truly come out of the shadows and be ourselves, be proud of what we do in a humble way, tell the world our story. And there, it, there's no other place that has this story. You cannot purchase it. It's not, du you cannot duplicate this shit. You can't buy it. And it's not for sale, like I said before. Dude, amen. I'm getting chills just listening to you speak because it's 100% true. You can't make this shit up. So you said the word community. And one thing that I've been in awe about, I've been totally taken aback 
is the community here in Humboldt County. I mean, we saw it in the fires, the, Humboldt, the community here in Humboldt coming together, the Emerald Triangle, Northern California. But in times of need, when you get popped, it's the neighbor that gives friends you the clones. Um, it, it's the respect for nature that, that I admire. So I want to honor the community and talk about the history of the community here. And if you don't mind, I'd like to start off by asking you if there's a certain individual, a certain OG that you want to give props to that maybe was an inspiration to you, a teacher to you, a role model to you. There's so many. Truly, truly, truly so fucking many. I mean, in, in the environmental justice world and standing up for people that don't have a or things and beings on this planet that don't have a voice, I would, I would certainly think that Richard Ganger is a, just the most selfless, incredible human that you could ever meet that is just dedicated to the health of the forest and the salmon and the creeks and the streams and so that guy is just can you share a little bit about about a story there i mean i know his kids i mean i i know um just that he he spearheaded a lot of restoration work in terms of like cleaning up after the the post logging era um that they just left the fucking place a pile of shit completely like you know streams being fucking completely ruined no salmon swimming up there anymore and going in there and cleaning up those stream beds and laying riprap and making natural recreating natural <clears throat> habitat what's riprap for salmon big boulders um oh it disrupts the water yeah okay, okay. and so and i'm not a scientist i'm not an environmentalist i don't know the science behind it i just know that there's there's a lot of people around here that have dedicated their lives to the the health of the environment, um, and so I, I I certainly look up to those folks. Um, and in the cannabis world, man, whoo, who comes to mind? I mean, they're just I don't even I can't even think of one. Dude. Let's, let's talk about the community. It's Can't... like that we're all rising together. We're oh, all being deal, brave. Yeah, Rod Deal. Rod Deal. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Talking yeah. about some inspiration. Yeah. yeah What's that's Rod a prophet. Oh. Okay. I don't. Oh, you save that. I'm gonna say it, yeah. but a little bit. Please. But he brought it up, and that's absolutely I would say probably the Godfather. Ron Deal? No, no, no. Jed Sherman. He passed away probably eight to ten years ago, something along those lines. And uh, Superhead Jed. Um, Head Jet? Superhead Jed was one of his nicknames. Just a just long white silver gray hair. The most classy fucking badass motherfucker ever. Um, again, it's super eccentric. Fucking. Um, you know, Renaissance man, uh, the most uh, uber talented jeweler, painter, sculptor, pianist, guitar player. Um, he could speak fluent in several languages um, and was just a fucking, just that true roots. SHC family, that's the man that started that shit. SHC family was founded by Judd Sherman. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so definitely the, the, the OG, and thanks for fucking bringing that up. And so he, he was a ganja farmer. Yeah, I think he... The main OG strain is named. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jed's Diamond OG. The Jed's Diamond OG. I never heard of that, dude. It sounds so elite. Cassidy right We're here from Green Lights. Fucking, fucking got the shit. I can't wait um, to interview our brothers, dude. Yeah, man. Get at it. 
No, for but, sure. For you know, sure. I don't think we're done yet, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we barely touched on the community, so we're talking yeah, about the history yeah, of the community. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, from your perspective, because you've been here uh, your mm -hmm. whole life, mm -hmm. what can you share with with the audience, with the world, really, about the history of the community here in, in Southern Humboldt in the Triangle? Mm -hmm. Well, I think like the the back to the land movement brought a lot of extremely intelligent people here. Um, a lot of like like Ivy League graduate people, Harvard and Yale and Stanford people came here that were just anti anti uh, <coughs> anti fucking establishment essentially. And so that group of people moved up here in the '60s and '70s and got married and had kids. And with that came this community. I mean, there was a community here before that that was based more on like the logging industry and the fishing and like that salt of the earth, just grimy, gritty, fucking earthy, rural, rural America people. Um, and then that transitioned into the back to the land movement in the 60s and 70s. And so a lot of uh, my best friends are, are the product of that movement. And so our community was, was started then essentially the, the current population base was, I think, really founded then. And uh, so I think um, that initiated the, the Mateel Community Center. There was a, a couple of radio stations here, community radio stations um, back in the day that were uh, founded before came up that are no longer in existence that really kind of really pounded in that community vibe of you know, all giving back to the community. I mean, the school, the the school system was was different back then. I think a lot of the a lot of the parents were even more participated, even more than they do now currently. And I'm not judging, and I don't know that to be for sure because I'm not a parent, and I don't participate in the kids' level either. And there are a lot of amazing, just fucking amazing coaches and teachers here currently too. But the community part. Um, you know, I think the herb really brought that home once again in terms of relationships and community and people. I think that little bit of extra capital and cash yearly was what enabled some people to donate funding or donate some of their time because they had a little bit more time on their hands to give to something bigger than themselves. And so that period of time was all about building the community center and working together towards something and all the volunteer fire departments are just a fucking crucial part of this community and and uh, so there's like that camaraderie of fire departments that's just like the epitome of community is a fucking volunteer fire department like who's going to go give of their time and sacrifice their own well-being and health and life to go save their neighbor's house or somebody's house that they don't even fucking know and they're not getting paid that's fucking community. Like, who, like, we've dug our own friends' graves. We bury our friends. We don't, like, hire a mortician or some fucking buddy with a backhoe to come dig a hole. Like, that's community. We support each other. We, like, when somebody's parent is sick with cancer, we bring them some food. You know, that's community. So, to me, it's that, uh, yeah, and I'm glad we're talking about this because it's that love that that you're um, articulating right now that you said ties directly into the love for the plant, and the plant teaches us so much. She's taught me to be a better human, mm -hmm. and I know this is what the world needs, dude. Oh yeah, it's, it's really, truly, it's the cliche like that. It's cliche, but it's beautiful. 
Herb is the healing of the nations, plural. It's an, it can be the healing of the world, and that sounds bad. That and psilocybin. I think mushrooms are going to play a key role in the healing of this place as well, I'm honestly. Gonna, I want to say something real quick. I know that these big, well-funded companies, they pay for intelligence. They pay to mm. be able to set the trends and know the future. Mm. And I knew that psychologically, the legalization of cannabis would cause us to um, exchange newer ideas and a new freedom of thought. However, I'm starting to question if they're realizing uh, is it the Pandora's box, what, what is now released? Mm. This is the kind of content, man, that like you said, you can't buy, you can't make mm. it up, it's real. Mm. And it's not scripted and it mm. transcends, dude. Mm. And I'm so excited because this is just the beginning. Yeah. We all have our stories yeah. that nobody can take away the experiences, yeah. the ups and downs that we've already had that have yeah, made us right. who we are, dude. That's right. And so in that context, you know, it's 2019 and it's about to be 2020, you know, you, Toph, what what's your journey now? What are you focusing on now in this new landscape of cannabis here in California, dude? It, it goes right back to what we were just discussing, and and my, it's not about me, it's about us, and like my the that I think of myself and Redwood Roots as a vehicle for for helping this community and like providing some avenue for them to get to market that's safe with somebody that they know, that's somebody that they can call or talk to at any point in time and day, that's gonna answer their phone most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I just want really honestly, at the end of the day, I want a job. I wanna do what I love to do where I love to do it and I wanna help, I wanna be a part of something bigger than myself. I wanna be a part of a community of farmers that I'm already a part of and I wanna rise, I want all these ships to rise together um, and that's like, you know, that's pretty like in a nutshell, I could go off on strategy and business and fucking where I wanna be in business and where I see Redwood Roots going in business if that's the question but on a more like cultural, spiritual, personal roots level. It's like us working together is absolutely an unstoppable force. And by, by us, I mean the ganja fucking warrior farmers of- <clears throat> The last of the Grohicans? The last of the Grohicans of the Emerald Triangle. And if, if we can not consolidate, but if can just humble ourselves and listen a little bit more than speak and humble ourselves and know that, you know, it's that whole thing. Do you want all of this teeny little fucking grape or do you want a slice of this fucking ginormous watermelon that's way bigger than that little fucking grape? I want a slice of the fucking watermelon and I want to be a part of the watermelon. I don't want to be my grape. I want to be the fucking melon. And that's, on that note, that's fucking it, dude. That's an analogy that I've never heard before, dude. And and I ask a lot of people this question, and it kind of maybe summarize our our interview. But you know, you've articulated yourself. You spoke very well, man. You definitely represent your region because you don't have to reinvent yourself, as we talked about. Um, what does humble cannabis culture mean to you? <laughs> Keeping in mind that there's folks out there that know nothing about the culture, and it's it's all good. But you know what I'm saying? What do we what do we want the world to appreciate about the triangle, bro? It's a uh, fuck, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful man. Sacrifice. I can say he stole the word out of my mouth. Um, we've had um, 
really good friends go to prison for a long time. We've had best friends murdered. Um, people have committed suicide because of the fucking stress and the pitfalls of this shit. Um, and we're not going fucking anywhere. We're here and we're strong and we're fucking staying. <clears throat> and we're fighting for this shit. We're fighting for our home. We're fighting for our people. Um, and it's like, I know this, I'm crying and I'm being all dramatic, but it's fucking real. This is yeah. our life up yeah. here. It's better than having no emotion, bro. Um, and uh, it's, this is our fucking life. This isn't fucking some new thing. This isn't a fucking hobby. We're not throwing fucking money at it. It's our fucking life. And that's what the cannabis means to me. Dude, this is a powerful, powerful uh, interview, bro. Um, and I'm just honored by you feeling comfortable enough to share your, your little bit of your soul with me. Um, and with that being said, bro, I just want to say thank you. You know what I'm thank saying? You, I wish you nothing but much the best. Love to you. Thank I'm here you to so fight much. with you. You know what I'm saying? Ganja Warriors, brother. Ganja yeah. Warriors for life, brother. GW Smoke yeah. Break. You know what I'm saying? What's up, man? Hell yeah. Peace. <laughs> I'm good, man.